From local to global, we bring you the best conversations with your favorite athletes and Olympians. This is the Olympics.com podcast. Welcome to another round of the Olympics.com podcast. Tom Kirkland and our entire podcast team, good to go. It has been a crazy entertaining summer for Olympic qualifying throughout many sports around the world. And now boxing is center stage as we get into several of the Olympic qualifiers coming up in the next couple of months. We're about to chat with a seasoned and tough-minded boxer hoping to punch her ticket to the Olympic Summer Games Paris 2024 through the African boxing qualifiers. Elizabeth Diego's pride and joy so far was walking in her first Olympics opening ceremony at London 2012. Yeah, I remember the opening ceremony. It was quite an amazing experience. I was in the front line there just after the flag bearer that time, waving at the people. I I felt so, so good. The experience was amazing. Boxing at the Olympics is as old as leather. First featured at the ancient Olympic Games in 688 BC, then debuted at the modern Olympics at St. Louis 1904. Women first stepped into the Olympic ring at the London 2012 Games, and now as we approach the 100-year anniversary of the Paris 1924 Olympics, the IOC, International Olympic Committee, so proud to feature complete gender equity in Paris. 124 men, 124 women, total of 248 boxers throwing for gold, personal best performances, and carrying the coveted prize, Olympians for life. The men will compete in seven weight classes, the women in six, an extra weight class added from Tokyo. Now, of course, medals are important for Elizabeth. In her weight class, only the gold medalist at the African Games earns an automatic quota spot for Paris. But at 37, she sees her journey as more of an inspiration for young girls. If Liz can do it two times, why not? Why not try it out? So that's, uh, that's my motivation, is just to, to inspire. The IOC is sticking with what has worked, awarding the city of Dakar, Senegal, the honor of hosting the African qualifier for Paris 2024, just as it did for the run-up to Tokyo 2020. For an in-depth look at and feel for this process, we're honored to welcome one of the most talented African boxers headed to Dakar, fighting for a spot in Paris 2024. Certainly a, a history maker, uh, hoping for another shot at the Olympics and maybe the podium this time. A legend in Kenya, first female boxer to ever make the Olympics from Kenya. Meet 37-year-old Elizabeth Andiego. Uh, London 2012 was Elizabeth's first Olympics. She's the 2022 African Games silver medalist in the middleweight division. And uh, what a story she has to tell. Joining us from Nairobi, Kenya. Welcome to the Olympics.com podcast. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to join us. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, And I'm ready to share my story with the world and see if you can meet at the Olympics. Yeah, that's uh, what we're looking forward to. I always like to start at the beginning, you know, how was life, you know, growing up when you were a kid growing up in, in Nairobi? Uh, what, was, what was sort of everyday life like for you? Uh, growing up, uh, it had, we just had uh, like 
uh, an easy life, not that tough, but uh, at least I can say we can manage to eat like every day. That's like uh, basic needs. I'm glad I had the opportunity to have that that growing up. So my interest was uh, always in sports as I was growing up. But uh, my dream was to be in the Olympics. But uh, by growing up then, just seeing Olympics at the on the television, I didn't know which which sport will take me there. Yeah, so I started with um, football. I played football while I was uh, in uh, primary school. Then when I got to secondary, I tried a bit of taekwondo. Yeah, I did a bit of taekwondo and uh, I loved it, but uh, I didn't get that opportunity to do it further because of some other reason, which I may not say for now. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, so at that point, then uh, about 2003, four, yeah, 2004, then I had my son. Yeah, I had my son at an early age. I was around 18. Yeah, it was tough being a, a young mom at that time because you don't know much. So it it was it was tough. Yeah, but uh, I think my dad was there, who always supported me. So after that is when I got uh, after a few years, 2008, 2009. It's now when I started boxing, just as a way of fitness. You know, just, for, just for fun? You, you just said, just let me try fun. this? At the uh -huh. time, I just, I just did it for fun because uh, I didn't know what to, what sport to do, but uh, I saw boxing was nearby. I said, okay, why not? Let me just go and try it out. So it was just a community hall uh, with no much uh, facilities. It just... Uh, like uh, one punching bag, and the coach is there. So my first day I went there. So every uh, most of the time I was just passing by. I peep through the window. I, I see people training, and I was like, one day I'll just go and ask. All right. So I went. Uh, I went there one day and asked the coach uh, if I could uh, try uh, boxing. He was like, okay. If you if you really want to do it, you can start even tomorrow. So the following day, I went there, I, but I went barefoot. I was just uh, barefoot with a, a short and a, and a t-shirt. So the uh, the coach at that time, uh, he didn't know that I was serious about what I'm getting into. So the first day I trained barefoot. The following day I came. I came and he was like, "Oh, this girl, maybe she she has something." Okay, and she, uh, he told me, "You have now to find some 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 shoes and come train with it." Because uh, uh, later on I had asked her why because he didn't tell me at first to get shoes. Yeah, when I started. So after a few few weeks when he told me to get shoes, I asked him, why didn't you tell me from the start? 
So it was like uh, most uh, young girls, when they come to train, they are not serious. They just come one or two days and they disappear. So it was like, it was just like gauging me and see if, if I will be a regular or I just do it one day and disappear. Yeah, so I kept on and kept on going. And so I got the shoes, started training. Uh, I was a t he was a tough coach. His name was Dalmas. Uh, he, 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 he was like giving me sparring with uh, those like uh, the men in the gym because now I was like the only girl there. So for hard sparring, I gave a go to the house, the black eye or um, my mouth has been cut. Oh, it was like, oh, I think the next day she won't come. The next day I'm showing up again. <laughs> it was like, okay. Then he was impressed. So I kept training. In after like three months, uh, yeah, he gave me the assurance, like, ah, I can see you can box. So we are going to this uh, tournament just after three months. Wow. Just after three months, we are going to this tournament. And I know you're going to win. I'm like, okay, I'll try. So I went to my first tournament. That was around 2000 and, 2008, I think, yeah. 2008, I won my first bout. And I was so happy and I was so excited. So from there, henceforth, I've been winning. Yeah. As an, I've been a national champion ever since that day. So and then after like uh, two years, there was World Championship in Barbados. Yeah, that was uh, my first international tournament. What happens uh, when you get into the ring? Are, uh, you seem composed now. You're, you're very nice. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you smile. But is there something different <laughs> in the ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I just try to keep calm. Though I know the fight is hard, but I don't want to show that uh, that nervousness. Uh, or just, I just try and uh, and be calm and just compose myself. Yeah. What's that feeling? The tension is uh, always build up when you're like a day to your bout. Yeah, yeah. So the tension is high, but I try. I try so much to be composed and to be relaxed uh, because if, uh, if you if you don't do that, then it will be hard in the ring. No question. As you were getting involved over the you know those few years, as you mentioned, you there weren't a lot of other women uh, trying to do what you're doing. And how how was that experience as you started to realize you know your talent and your potential? And really, uh, that was back as, as there were, women's boxing was, was popular, but it wasn't yet accepted. It wasn't yet in the Olympics. It, it, you were still swimming upstream a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say at that time, there were ladies that I found there, yeah, who were like, uh, but mostly they were, they were not in my weight category, but they were a bit uh, down, like lightweight, going, but finding middleweight was a challenge because there were no no much uh, competition. You just find one or two opponents uh, at that time. So I was like, I need to do, I just have to work more harder to get into that 
international level. So I I just I used to just train hard and see now this uh, I take it like uh, my my career. I took it as a career. So I can say most uh, ladies doing the boxing as a sport they they drop out mostly because uh, they don't consider it as a sport as much as a career yeah so they drop out doing their businesses or trying to find uh food to eat because uh like I say boxing doesn't pay much so you have to sacrifice for you to be on that uh, elite level what was the hardest part of life to overcome as as you were climbing your way up i mean i i'm sure you were motivated by your success and starting to really you know get better and and starting to feel uh, your mojo in the ring but what was it like you know putting it all together and getting getting to training and getting through life okay when i got into boxing so for me to be to be able to do boxing as much i thought of to be a a, a fitness trainer you know they go hand in hand so i decided to do some coaching uh, uh coach uh, coaching on uh, coaching and uh, fitness so that i will have the the time to be in the gym train people and also be uh, to train myself yeah because we, we without boxing alone you can't make it without a job or something it's kind of uh, hectic but when i'm in the gym i know i know what to do i schedule time with my clients i know what time i train them and i just set aside my personal time to train so that has been that has been keeping me going all all the way those years just trying to be there for your for your your clients also try to motivate them to be fit and live a healthy lifestyle and for me to just push hard and be better each day it's about the time yeah uh, I imagine your path to becoming an Olympian and the first woman from Kenya to ever box in the Olympics. What was that path like? I mean, you talked about as a kid, you know, dreaming of the Olympics, but but this was real stuff. This really happened. Yeah, uh, when I started boxing, but by then, uh, women were not allowed in the Olympics. When, uh, when I was starting, so I was like wondering, how will I get there? But... Come uh, 20, 2012, I think it was announced like uh, a year before right. or so. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I have a shot at this. Now I have to work extra harder to get there. So I remember the, the qualifier was for the Olympic at that time was a uh, uh, world championship, uh, which was in China. Uh, it was in China, I remember. I fought a um, a lady from uh, Norway, yeah, but uh, at that time, uh, I was sure I won the bout, but the same way I was saying, the judge's decision was the other way. But I'm glad that the bout was reviewed and I was given a chance to go to Olympic because of my good performance at the, at the World Championship that was in China. That's a great story. That rarely happens, that there's a decision and they go back and they reverse it. There's a lot of decisions throughout the Olympics 
or qualifiers that are questionable, but were you thinking it, it, you could, it could possibly be reversed and you could go? No, 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 no. It came at a shock to me as a shock. I didn't expect. I was like, oh, I'd have to wait another like four years again to try. So when I got the, the report from the coach, I was like, coach, you're lying. How? Yeah. Because at that time I had like taken a break. I wasn't like now training much. And the coach just called me, you know what? You're going to the Olympics. I was so surprised. I didn't imagine it would come so fast. Yeah. Wow. So I was happy it happened. No question. And and what do you remember? I mean, people talk about, you know, their, their Olympic experience. And I think, you know, it's once an Olympian, always an Olympian. And you probably remember a lot of different things. But I imagine it culminates at least in the beginning in, in opening ceremony when you're and you're on the grand stage and there's the world watching and there's all these other super athletes from everywhere. Yeah, I remember the opening ceremony. It was quite an amazing experience. I was in the front line there just after the flag bearer at that time, waving at the people. I told, I felt so, so good. The experience was amazing. Yeah, I can't... I kind of like take it for granted from that opportunity. Yeah, it was, it was great, I can say so. Mm. And also like when you're dining hall, you pass these other legends like Usain Bolt and the rest, or like, huh? <laughs> how in the world could this be? It was amazing. Yeah, I remember taking some photos with the different uh, celebrities uh, in, uh, in their different uh, events. That's tremendous. And now... Um, you, you know, you're preparing to try to go get another chance. Uh, does the fact that you've been through this Olympic qualifying process before give you an edge? I mean, you know what it's all about now as you begin the as you begin this process. Yeah, I'm trying to give it a shot. Uh, I remember uh, 20 was it 2016. Yeah, 2016 is uh, the Olympic that uh, passed me when I was like, I have to do this. But unfortunately, I was involved in an accident uh, 2015. So by 2016, I wasn't uh, really back to my feet. So it took me like uh, three, three more years to come back. So I came back 2018. Uh, uh, still uh, trying to, to catch up. So 2018, I came back uh, in the national team, but still there was no much competition. The, the lady was there, I defeated her. So I was back in the team. So 2018 is when I went for my first uh, Commonwealth Games. Ah, uh, no, the second. Second yeah, that first one was 2014. That accident. Um, I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what that was like? Because you've come back from that so well, but I imagine in those moments, uh, it must have been maybe the toughest time of your life. Yeah, I can say that was the toughest time in my in my life. Because by being there, you don't know when your next meal will come. Because now I do like used all my savings. I had no job. I'm there with my son. I don't know what to do. 
I was almost getting into into depression because now you can't do what you love. You just right. there. Uh, uh, it was it was tough. So I decided instead of just staying in the house, uh, you get depressed. You can even run mad. You can go insane because you have no choices. You're just there. You can't walk. You can't do nothing. Uh, so I decided what. Let me just get out of this house and try and do something. So uh, the recovery process uh, took, took longer than expected because uh, the first time, uh, uh, that 2015, when it happened, they didn't do the surgery needed oh. to, be, to be able to, to get back on my feet as fast as possible. So I wasted like a year or so when I'm just uh, in the house on crutches and in a, in a cast. So then I had to now to intervene and get other opinions from other people because it wasn't getting better. It wasn't getting better. So they gave me an option. They said, if you want to walk again, if you want to, to, to be able to do your sports again, you have to go for another surgery which they have to put, uh, to put a nail inside my leg to hold the bones so it can be, it can be steady. Hmm. So with all that, now again, money is needed. Sure. Now I need to find a way to get money to go back to surgery. At the time, I don't even have a single cent. But thanks to, to my friend, whose name is Ben Akaloki, tried and... Uh, organize a, a fundraising, which uh, I remember she called it uh, uh, road, uh, but because it was uh, Olympic, it was Olympic that, that time, 2016. So instead she said, bring Rio to, to Liz by donating a few amounts so that she can go back to surgery and uh, to be able to come back and do what she loves. Yeah, so I'm grateful to that for her organizing that. Uh, she was able to raise uh, uh, quite the number, uh, the amount which was needed. Perfect. And I went back to surgery and um, the metal rod was put on my left leg. And after uh, like a few months, at least now when I was stepping down, I could feel my, my leg at least it's firm. I can now start training slowly 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 well that must have been a, a day of well a time of huge hope you had been imagining uh, you know when you can't do what you want to do and then and then somebody helps you people help you and then you get the needed surgery and all of a sudden there's a green light to train again and start to build the, put the building blocks in place that must have been Almost like a gold medal, not like a gold medal, but almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because uh, I didn't lose hope at the first because I remember that day of the accident. What I did uh, when I was when I was taken to the hospital, what I did was to confirm if I had any any injuries on my hands, and that gave me hope. I found out there was no bro I had not broken my arms. My hands were okay, and it gave me hope, so I just told myself, I'll be back. However long it takes, I'll be back. 
What what yeah, part? So I just kept it in my mind all through. Where does that come from? Where, where does that I'll be back? Where does that fighting spirit, the the sporting spirit, the you know the passion that you have, where does it come from? It's just the will because uh, having started boxing, it was just in me because I I was just saying I haven't done enough. I just have to come back and finish what I started. I just have to to get there, be back, and try and inspire as many female uh, uh, boxers and athletes. I will tell them it's never too late. You can always come back. If you have the will, you'll do it. That's tremendous. Um, and, you know, this sort of dovetails into my next thought about you know, mental health awareness is at an all-time high in sports and, and in the world. Not not where we need to be, but we're all talking about it much more. And I imagine you you're you have a message right just in your story that, you know, maybe as bad as things are, that you have to believe and you have to hope. And then you got to train and you got to put in the work. But um, yeah, yeah. what is your message for maybe young uh kids who are maybe in boxing or maybe just in life who are who are struggling what what have what can you how can you point them uh i can just uh, tell them that uh whatever you want to do just find time and do it despite the uh, the condition you are in despite the challenges you're facing just uh, be hopeful and uh keep doing the work Yes, you have just to do. Uh, you have to work in your in your progress to to get there. Don't give up along the way. You, you just have to trust yourself. If you want something, just go for it. I know people will just try and drag you down. No, you can do this because I remember when I had broken my leg. Everyone like had lost hope on oh. me. They they said, ah. Oh, Liz is gone. Who, who do we have next? Who will be on the team next? Uh, but uh, I, for me, that was wasn't the case. I didn't like say, okay, now I'm uh, had an accident. I can't be back. No, it's for you to fight for what you want. Because when I came back, they were even scared. They were like, "Hi, how did you manage to, to do this?" I was like, I had the will, I had the passion. That's why. Uh, I had to come back and finish what I started. That's what keeps me going day in, day out. That's great. What is your uh, strength in the ring? What's your strategy? What do you, uh, how's your approach to every three minutes? Mm, I can say my approach is just to to watch my opponent and try to outbox her. Just try my best to outbox her in in any way possible. If it's to fight more hard, just try and let your hands go until the last bell rings. And um, as you approach this process, you know, you talk about hard work and I know you've put it in and you're going to do more, but what do you do? How do you relax? What do you do to get away from boxing, training? It's monotonous. We know how it's good hard work, but, you know, sometimes... You just want to have a break. What do you do to to try to get away? Uh, for me, just uh, like chill in the house, watch movies, and sometimes just sleep because rest is important. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, off season, I like uh, going for for hikings. That's great. Um, you know, I've talked to a, a number of um, your colleagues, and the question of headgear. Um, you know, the men's world doesn't have headgear. Women do. I've heard a lot of women. I, if I was in the ring, I want headgear. <laughs> but I've heard a lot of women say they don't so much like it. It's you know, it's kind of bulky. Yeah, especially when you have like long hair and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's not comfortable, but I can say it's a good, it's it's protective because as much as it's there, we avoid more of uh, those uh, headbands and cuts. Right. So it helps a lot. Because you see now, nowadays, uh, uh, the men, when they are fighting, they are always cuts here and there. Yeah, from headbutts. Yeah, that's it, yeah, that yeah, happens yeah. for sure. Yeah. And sometimes it could end a fight. You know, sometimes it, it makes the difference. Yeah, you're and, winning and all of a sudden you have a head uh, headbutt uh, and you, you have a cut and then, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not that fair, but those are the rules that, so we just have to, to work with them. Right. Uh, your nation obviously facing immense challenges internally, and I'm wondering, uh, you know, individually, we we can only do so much, but we can do a little. Uh, how do you think you can help bring people together through what you're doing now, or through what you might want to do uh, with based on the 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 platform you have built for yourself as a as a you know as an Olympian? Uh, for now, what I'm trying to do is just uh, encourage upcoming young boys and girls who are doing uh, boxing as a sport. So I train them in our community center. And also, I'm now transitioning into being uh, a boxing coach. So I've already done my one-star IBA certified uh, star one coach. So uh, with the experience I have, I know I can I can do better as a coach and try and create awareness on uh, how uh, how to train and uh, try to nurture uh, talents earlier. So that also helps. Yeah, when you try start training early, you build that foundation that helps you to be a good athlete and then also at a, as an athlete what have or oh, what is it that you can do after your 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 career your career that is so for me i'm just now transitioning from a boxer to a coach so i'm hoping in 2 years from now i'll be a fully now certified coach so that I can train here in Kenya or just worldwide. I can go to any place and try and uh, give out my coaching skills. That'd be great. But you're not done yet because, you know, you have right in front of you an opportunity to go back to the Olympics. I know, I mean, you, you can't think about Paris. It may be in the back of your mind during those the training sessions when you need to fool yourself into finding motivation when you're tired, but uh, it's all about, you know, getting the job done in the qualifier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for now, the focus in, is in the qualification because I just don't want to participate now. I just want to go and get the medal. So I just have to put in more work. 
And my last thought, what, what would it mean for you to be the, you're not only the only uh, Kenyan to make it to the Olympics in, in women's boxing, but you could be the only two-time. What would it mean to, to, to get to Paris, uh, overcoming so much in your life, and, and, and also you know, you're in, you've already started to plan for after boxing as, as a coach. What would it mean to, uh, to be in Paris? Uh, it would be it will it will mean a lot to me uh, to be a uh, two-time Olympian. It's it's not easy, yeah. But uh, I think the the years that I've uh, I've worked in boxing, I know that I can make it, and also that will also inspire more more women and ladies joining up the sport. If they'll be saying, if Liz can do it two times. Why not? Why not try it out? So that's uh, that's my motivation. It's just to to inspire upcoming, mostly girls. Yeah, upcoming girls and young women to to join in the sport, and uh, together we can uh, we can do this. That's a great message, and um, and you are already uh, quite a role model for uh, for young athletes, and certainly young ladies in Kenya and really around the world as they learn your story. And uh, Elizabeth, thanks so much. It was a pleasure to get to know you a little. Appreciate your joining us on the Olympics.com podcast. And good luck at the African qualifiers. We will be following you. Thank you so much. I know that the Olympic qualifier this time is a, is a bit tricky because for my weight, they're only taking a gold medal in the Africa qualifier. Right. So that, that that's a challenge. Uh, so you just have to, to work hard and see if we can get that slot. If not, we just keep on going because there are two more qualifiers to right. look up to also. But I'll try and get my best to just go for, for this one in Africa. For sure. Uh, so, so I'm trying my best. I'm trying to build up and see how that goes. But I, I'm hopeful. I know I can... They can do it, yeah. Well, certainly uh, seeing all you've been through and the, the self-motivation you have and the, the pride, you know, your will and the passion you have for not only for your trade, but also for, you know, your, the people in your country. I have no doubt that uh, you'll put it all out there and we look forward to watching you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pleasure meeting you. This is the Olympics.com podcast. 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 Of course, you can track Elizabeth Diego's progress and the whole African boxing qualifier event right here on Olympics.com. Certainly looking forward to the incredible range of emotions and great opportunities there at the African Olympic boxing qualifier. I'm happy to be handling the live commentary for Olympics.com Ring B in Dakar. So make sure to join us September 13th, 14th, and 15th for the business end of this great African event. All right, we're proud of the extensive content available across our platforms at olympics.com specific to boxing. Among our assets, a new feature, playing fields. Ornella knocking down social prejudices, pursuing her Olympic dream, the People's Fighters. Five Rings Films presents the powerful story of how a revolutionary Cuban boxing experiment produced a generation of Olympic champions. Identify, episode on Pat Manuel. Former Olympic boxing hopeful looks to make history as a trans fighter. The Corner, episodes with Olympic medalist Vladimir Klitschko and Marlon Esparza, and Perspectives Boxing, 
the pugilist's art strip bare, the visual celebration of movement and emotion as seen in the boxing ring. So much good stuff there at olympics.com relating to boxing. Well, that's it for this episode of the olympics.com podcast. Hit us up at olympics with any feedback you have. We love feedback. It helps us to get better. You can also hit me up on my Twitter at TK Sports Tweets. We'll see you next time. For more in-depth and original Olympics-related feature content, search our platforms here on olympics.com. 